love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? I'm Alyssa Gadeski, a co-host of the Iron Women podcast with Haley Chura, and we wanted to open this week by spending a few moments remembering a very special Iron Woman that the triathlon community lost this month. Mary Knott completed over 20 Ironman races and had two Ultraman finishes in addition to being a devoted daughter, sister, aunt, animal mom, and a veterinarian. Mary was a fellow coach with me on Biscay Coaching and a teammate of mine in Haley's on Team SFQ. She had a smile that danced with bravery and possibility, giving me comfort and courage whenever I was racing or training with her. Mary was just as well known by her real name as she was by her triathlon persona of Finding Kona. Those words and her signature lime green color will forever inspire me to work hard, believe in myself in the process, and to never stop working for that next big thing. The loss of Mary has left a gaping hole in our community, our team, and our hearts. We miss you, Mary. Haley, thanks so much for taking the show last week while I spent some time grieving and I was able to spend time in San Diego where Mary lived with some friends. But I'm back and... I am grateful for that time, and I know Mary is with us all, and I need to hear something good, Haley. So tell me, moving on, what have you been up to? Tell me something good. Oh, Alyssa, I'm so happy to have you back. I think that that's like first thing, and second, I think that was a beautiful tribute, and I'm so glad that you got to go to California and spend time with the Biscay Coaching family, and I know you know, from the Smash Fest Queen team as well, how how special Mary was and is, continues to be with it's her legacy and it will live on through through all of you, through all of us. And um so thank you for that tribute. And me personally, um, you know, I, I made it through the cold and I, you know, looking at the rest of the country, think I had even with my very, very, very cold temperatures a few days and like, of like negative 22. I think I actually had it pretty uh, easy compared to others, given that I have a pretty well insulated condo and multiple heat sources. But um, definitely my, my heart goes out to the people in Texas who are cleaning up after their own um, very unexpected cold spell um, and everything that came along with that. It is not an easy time, Alyssa, but one thing I did for entertainment this past weekend was I actually tuned in for, I think it's sound running, um, hosted a 10 K like a 10 K track race. Um, and a lot of the Bowerman track club athletes ran as well as Ben true, Sarah true from the, um, if we were writing podcast, her husband, um, was running in the men's race and, um, it was, it was fun just to like watch on YouTube fast running like it, uh, Gwen Jorgensen ran. So Olympic gold medalist, uh, in the triathlon in Rio in 2016, if anyone hasn't followed her journey from Olympic gold medalist triathlete to runner, um, it's, you know, it's a fascinating journey and she does document it very well on her Instagram and her YouTube channel. But, um, 
it was fun to watch. So the women's race was, was incredibly competitive. They, at least Cranny won in her 10 K debut, just out kicking Carissa Schweitzer. So two of the Bowerman track club women, they ran 30, 47. <laughs> like, I mean, that's insane. That's just, that's insane. It's so fast. I mean, it's, it's like you think about watching a 10 K and you're like, Oh, that's going to be boring. I can like do laundry while I do that. And instead I'm like glued to YouTube, like watching every lap. And, um, it was, it was fun to watch the tactics and I've never run a 10 K on the track. And I, I know you did earlier this or in 2020, right, Alyssa? Yeah, I did last summer as you know, the Biscay coaching challenge. Um, we did some like Olympic track events. And so we did the 10 K on the track in the dead of the heat of August. So, um, that was, that was not super pleasant, but I mean, um, I, it was painful and I have a feeling it is painful even if you have like the perfect running conditions for a 10 K on the track. Yeah, I think, well, they ran at like eight o'clock at night. And so in California, and I think it was um, like 55 degrees. And that must be why they do it at night is because like the conditions must be pretty good. Um, uh, Maybe a track expert can write in and tell us this, but um, it was, it was just fun to watch. I mean, just fast racing. Um, It was, you know, just the racing. I think we've all been kind of like eager to watch Gwen. Gwen had a tough race and I, I mean, a tough race for her is like 32, 30 or something like that, which is still incredibly fast. But when you're running against two women who are under 31, it, it probably doesn't feel super great, but, um, you know, it's still really fun to watch Gwen race just because she, she came from such a, you know, not necessarily, she raced ITU, obviously an Olympic distance triathlon and, um, but she also had a swimming background and she isn't someone we've had on the show, but I would love to have it on the show, have her on the show. If she ever wants to come on, but Alyssa, one of the unfortunate things was they had like, um, uh, a chat going at the same time. And people are so mean. Like, I hope they never do this for triathlon because I do not want to read the comments or hear the comments. Like, people need to keep some things to themselves. I mean, some of it was directed at Gwen, which was was hard to read because, again, I'm a huge fan of Gwen. And then people would, you know, comment back. And But even, like, Eilish McColgan, who's the Scottish runner, they're like, why is she running in lane two? And it's like, maybe there's a reason. Like, maybe you don't know because... I'm guessing whoever's writing this doesn't run a 30, 58, 10K. So maybe there's some strategy there. But um, yeah, so it's like boo to the armchair quarterbacks, which exist even in running. All these armchair experts out there in the running community just are really feeling the need to <laughs> to target in on people. But we do have comment like triathlon when – Ironman broadcast live on Facebook. Oh, yeah. now. There is like the feed. And I have to say, you know, I, I don't pay a ton of attention to that, but, um, I, I wouldn't say it's all positive, but it's certainly not like what it sounds like you were seeing there. So, um, I mean, I, I always go back to the, if you don't have anything nice to say at all, don't say, or if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. People like, especially when these people are probably well above your pay grade. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just appreciate for what it is and just the act of going out and racing. Like we all, I mean, you're not going to have a perfect race every time. And I do, I'm a fan of Gwen too. And I admire her and what she's done for putting herself out there and for going for it. Like that's really inspiring, I think to all of us. And I hope that she proves these people wrong. 
I hope she does too. And I, yeah, Gwen, we are your fan. Even I think the last thing you need right now is to come on another podcast, but if you want to come on, we'll just tell you how great you are. And it does also this week's episode, we're talking to Rebecca Clark, who's a Kiwi New Zealand athlete. And we did actually ask her a question about um, comments that she's received on, on her Instagram account. And I think most of the time the people making those comments do not have the full story. And so I think that's also a, a good reminder to all of us. Like before you comment, like, especially something com- commenting something negative, do you have the full story? Do you know the context? Maybe there's a reason. And, um, when in doubt, you know, a smiley face emoji can make you feel probably pretty good if you just put that out there and you know, you <laughs> No, what not? There's lots of options that aren't don't have to make people feel bad. For sure, I'm with you, Haley. But um, I have been enjoying watching some of the track meets that have been able to kind of safely happen, and I appreciate that that those are a little bit of entertainment. And Haley, I mean, maybe one of these days you're going to have to give that 10k on the track a go. Yeah, I mean, I I love running in circles. Like, I'm actually my background is swimming, so like that is right up my alley. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. I think maybe because my track here is under snow for <laughs> a lot of the year, which actually that probably might even add to the adventure of it, right? So maybe I should just like I can strap. I guess you can get the they have the dragonfly spikes, the Nike dragonfly oh, spikes. Yeah, talking perfect. about that. I never heard about that, but those would be great on an icy track. That's what I need. <laughs> All right, Haley, well, we do have a brief housekeeping note here for people who are interested in the Feisty Women's Performance Summit. Performance Summit. Um, head to womensperformancesummit.com. And that's where you go for all the information to register and all of that. I don't have the dates in front of me, Haley. Do you have those details handy? March 26th through 28th. It is a virtual summit. So it'll be happening on your computer or electronic device. Haley, I have also been enjoying, I have to ask you, um, hopefully this is an appropriate topic. I haven't prepped you for it too much, um, to talk about on a recording record (laughs) we're doing, but I'm so scared right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) One of the parts that I, I actually kind of enjoy it. I have to say, um, it like, it makes me kind of laugh a little bit is that I've been taking the Prevenex multivitamin and as part of the um, supplements that I've been taking with the Prevenix. I take the multivitamin, the joint supplement, um, and the probiotic. And Haley, now they did warn us that this could be, happen when you take the multivitamin is that your pee turns like neon yellow. And I mean, he first told us this and I, you know, when we talked to him about the supplements and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. You know, whatever. Um, and then it happened and I was like, oh, this is, this is actually exactly neon yellow. This is like so crazy. And so it makes me laugh every time because I'm, I just like, I mean, you guys, it's like neon yellow. And it's also a good reminder to me, like if I missed it, um, taking it to like, you know, stick to my routine, make sure I'm taking it. Um, how do you feel? Or is your pee, has your pee been neon yellow? No, actually it hasn't now that I think of it, but Alyssa, you're, you're like jogging my memory. And the one thing I will say that maybe I don't know if this could impact it, but I am very, very dedicated to my hydration at this, you know, especially this time of year, living at altitude, the air is very, very dry. And I go through noon hydration, probably like they, they probably wonder if how many people are living here, um, because of how much, how much I go through, because I'll drink like 
24 ounces of noon right before bed, which is like not what they advise, but like I drink it right before bed, do not have to get up. And if I don't do that, like I will wake up with like a major headache feeling so dehydrated. And I think also the pool I swim in is very warm. And so when I swim in the morning, I basically have to like really focus on hydration all the rest of the day. Otherwise it really impacts the following day. So I'm wondering if that might, might dilute things a little bit. So I haven't noticed that as much with multivitamin. I am taking the multivitamin and joint health plus and the, I love the probiotic, but, um, that's a weird thing to say, but true. So, um, but I mean, it's good. You know, that, you, you know, there's, there's something in it. <laughs> And how do our listeners, if they want to try that for themselves, what do you the, think? Which one, Prevenix or Noon? <laughs> try them both. both. <laughs> yes, actually, try them both. We can help you. We can help you with a little discount for them both. Yeah, Prevenix is Prevenix, P R E V I N E X dot com. And use the code IRONWOMEN15 and you get 15% off anything you want to try on there. And then Noon Hydration, Alyssa. Since you're the um, email or the website expert today, what's the website there? Noonlife.com. And the code? Live Feisty, capital L and capital F. Good work. Gold star for you. Um, <laughs> neon yellow star for you, Alyssa, today. But uh, we are thankful to both Prevenix and Noon Hydration and all of our sponsors for, for keeping us going and for keeping Alyssa entertained while she uses the restroom. Haley, we are also always thankful to people writing into our mailbag. So we have ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions about training and racing or relationships, send them in. We love to give them all a shot. We've been getting some questions in that we really like. Um, So today we are tackling one I've been looking forward to. Came in from Kimberly and Kimberly in Indiana. I like that she added that actually. So she is training for her first 70.3. It was supposed to happen last year, but thank you, COVID. We're still on that training plan. And so she she has a, a question, actually, now that I'm reading this. I probably could have um, pre-read it a little better to prep to this. But anyway, her most pressing matter during the 70.3 training has been bibs versus cycling shorts. So she only has cycling shorts that she's been wearing, but she sees a lot of the pros wearing bibs. And so she's curious about the advantages of bibs, when to wear them right now on the trainer, she's wearing sports bra and the short cycling shorts combo. So Kimberly in Indiana, great question. And Haley, you know, I love banging on and on and on about the joys of bib shorts because so Wait, wait, okay. Can we say what bib shorts are? Because I, I have gotten this question before when people listen and they're like, what are bibs? That's true. Okay. So cycling shorts is just like shorts with the cycling chamois, um, which is like the padding in the the crotch of the shorts. And the cycling chamois is like nice and thick. Like it's quite, quite thick padding compared to a triathlon chamois, I guess, that you would wear in a tri-kit, tri-shorts, something like that. So the cycling shorts are just shorts as you normally would think of shorts with that chamois in them. The bib shorts are shorts, but then they also have, I've never actually tried to verbalize explaining bib shorts. They also have like suspenders on them. Is that how you would say it, Haley? So you step into the shorts and then you pull the suspenders. They're like permanently attached. They don't latch on like suspenders, I guess. So you pull the 
the arms up, like the little suspender arms up over your shoulders. And so it's like suspenders on your shorts. And then that allows basically for the design of the shorts to then remove the waistband. Do you think that's fair? Is that a good description? Yes. There's no like seam really at your waist. They just kind of keep going up. So they're higher, but then they, and they're pretty, it's not like there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders, but there is some, like that's what's holding your pants up is the fact that they go over your, that your shoulders, which sounds, again, that sounds very odd. Um, maybe we'll, we will include like a link to, um, some examples of cycling shorts versus bib shorts versus try shorts in our show notes. We can uh, arrange like some diagrams and, tr- and try shorts, Alyssa are different in that the chamois it's thinner because it's less absorbent because you're going to be wearing it in the water for the swim. And then you're also running in it. So would you, would you ever run in cycling shorts or bibs? I have run in cycling shorts or bibs, um, you know, just kind of to get in a brick run or something like that. If I had like a really long day in the saddle and I wanted the cycling shorts for comfort, you know, I might just do a quick brick run in them just for, to like cut down on my laundry situation. But you know, you, you wouldn't want to run a race in them, um, because it, it would absorb more water, be pretty uncomfortable in the swim, I think. And then it's just, it is pretty thick to run in. So I would limit the, the running off the bike in them. So for Kimberly, why would you ever wear bibs instead of just cycling shorts? So I find the number one reason is comfort because, well, I think it's tied. My two reasons are comfort and the look, right? So the comfort piece comes into play a lot on the trainer because you're often like really dialed into that arrow position. The trainer is a great place to be like practicing the arrow position for longer periods of time. And then when you're bent over like that and your like stomach is like, you know, just bent over and like crunched a little bit. And you, if you have that seam of cycling waistband shorts and those kinds of shorts are often quite tight, it's just uncomfortable. And I'm always thinking about that, like just as a thing that's there. Bib shorts with no waistband, it's just like your body just folds over into the position and I find it quite comfortable. Um, And then the second part of that is that if you are doing a full kit, like jersey shorts combo, Um, you don't have to worry about your Jersey riding up so that you expose any skin and potentially get like sunburned on your lower back. No one wants that. Um, I think it, that my Jersey just tends to like stay put better, um, when I'm in the bibs. So it like looks a little bit more sleek and pro looking, I guess would be my take. Would you agree? Yeah. So it sounds like you're definitely team bibs. 100%. hundred percent. I love bibs and I love like the combo of the sports bra and bibs on the trainer. Like I, I think it's like a little goofy looking at first and then I, you just, you got to embrace it. Yeah. I will, I will tell Kimberly, I was a late adopter of bibs. Like I actually, for a long time, I really only trained all the time in tri shorts because I just, I liked that I could go straight from the bike to the run and I just, I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's getting older, but I, I needed more padding. And so I, I started wearing cycling shorts and I was like, oh, these aren't bad, you know? And I liked I like having two pieces sometimes, and that is how I still race. And then eventually I did try bibs and I have not gone back. Like it is, 
I, I ride a lot on the trainer and I agree with the whole, you know, everything about the waistband. Sometimes I ride with, you know, I, I do most of the time now, especially like the more like aero type bibs where they're like, they're just really nice on top. I'll ride with a sports bra and then the bibs all pulled all the way up. If I'm like not feeling it, I just have them pulled down and they still like stay up. I mean, for, if you're just riding the trainer, but they are just, for some reason, they are more comfortable, just less pressure on your stomach. And, um, and I agree with you. The look outside is nice. The only downside is that you, if you have to go to the bathroom, it's like you almost have, it's like wearing a romper or something like that. You have to like take everything off. And then, um, and then the other downside might be the cost. I think they do cost more than cycling shorts. So I will say like, if you, if you want to make that investment, do I think it's worth the investment? Yes. If you, is it something you necessarily need right now to ride a bike? No. If cycling shorts are working for you, keep wearing cycling shorts. You're getting yourself on a bike. It's, um, I mean, they, there are some pluses and you can go to the bathroom a lot faster than all your friends who are in bibs. If anyone else has burning questions about what to wear while you're training and racing or anything else, send them to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, Haley, tell us who we're talking to today. Today, we're talking to Rebecca Clark. I teased this a little bit earlier. She's an athlete from New Zealand. And the breaking news on Rebecca, or Bex, as she likes to be called, is that she just finished second at Challenge Wanaka at the half-distance triathlon on the South Island of New Zealand just this past weekend. And we did record this interview pre-Wanaka. So we we talked to her right after she had finished third at the Taronga half, which was a few weeks ago. So Bex is off to a great start to 2021. She already has two podiums when most of us... Uh, haven't been on a start line yet. So way to go Bex. But she tells us about her race in Taronga, what pandemic life is like in New Zealand, because spoiler alert, it's quite different than here in the US and all about her history and sport and how she's headed or how she's feeling headed into Ironman New Zealand that's happening in a couple of weeks. We'll have that conversation with Rebecca Clark right after the break. Hey, feisty folks. Jamila here, the Feisty Team Community Innovator. In June of 2020, we launched the Feisty Team to help you all stay feisty no matter what the year threw your way. Over the last six months, we've come together as a team to try and make the world a feistier place and connect with other like-minded friends in triathlon and endurance sports. We meet every month and bring in experts that can help us on the path to building feistiness in ourselves and others and create meaningful change in our sport and community. The monthly subscription is only $22 and you'll get monthly feisty huddles and webinars with expert guests, big sponsor discounts, swag and monthly prizes, challenges to stay motivated, a community of feisty like-minded friends. Plus we are adding new initiatives all the time, like our new book club and virtual workouts. Go to feistyteam.com to join us and become a part of the feistiest team in endurance sports so we can crush 2021 together. That is feistyteam.com. Alyssa, I know I go on and on about your fastest known times on 100 and 200 mile courses, but just last month, you talked about running 35 second 200s on the track. That's sub five minute mile pace. How do you transition so well between super endurance and super speed training? Well, Haley, one of my top priorities is taking really good care of my body before, during, and after every run. 
This year, I started using Prevenex Joint Health Plus, and I've definitely felt a direct benefit to my training. The active ingredients in Joint Health Plus are clinically proven to reduce joint pain and stiffness. Less joint pain means faster run splits and better recovery for tomorrow's run. You don't have to run as far or as fast as Alyssa to benefit from Prevenex's Joint Health Plus. And in just seven to 10 days of using Joint Health Plus, you should notice a difference. If by chance you don't feel any benefits, Prevenix offers a 100% refund, no questions asked. Everyone wants to feel good when they swim, bike, run, or even walk. Alyssa and I both highly recommend you head to Prevenix.com and use the code IRONWOMEN15 and get 15% off your order. Again, the, that website is Prevenix, P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com and discount code IRONWOMEN15. Hi, Bex. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, Haley and Alyssa. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. And we really want to start out by congratulating you on your third place finish at the Taronga Half Iron Distance Triathlon just over a week ago. And I was scrolling through your Instagram and I was shocked by how normal your race photos look because here you are <laughs> giving high fives down the finish shoe and you're spraying champagne with Teresa Adam and Hannah Wells without a mask in sight. So are you all really just enjoying normal life in New Zealand? Yeah, that's, yeah, funny. I hadn't really thought of, yeah, the fact that watching Daytona recently, you know, people were masked on straight away. Um, but yeah, in New Zealand, um, we don't have to wear, yeah, masks and for public transport, um, sometimes I think you are supposed to wear them, but um, yeah, it's um, kind of just feels back to normal, normal racing. Yeah, hugs, champagne showers, which um, some racers haven't been doing. It definitely seems foreign to us here in the United States, but also maybe a glimpse of our hopeful future. But can you tell us about your race in particular? Because you had a great race. Yeah, it was... I think one of the fastest times I've done. Um, yeah, starting from the race, I'm a strong swimmer, so I'm always pretty excited for the swim. I had oh, a little bit of stress. It was my first time using a disc wheel and just was a bit nervous about that. So I felt a little bit more nervous um, before the race. And so we started with the men which is a little bit different. So same as Rotorua half um, in December, we yeah, all go off at the same time. So it's quite a hectic start. Um, in Rotorua, I got on some fast feet onto the back of the likes of Terenzo and Brayden, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> Just got a smooth kind of ride in behind them. Uh, this time I actually started to go a little bit off course. Just had one of those, I think we all have them. Um, but I've, I've had usually, I can just count on my swim, everything goes perfectly. So it was the first time in a while I was like, I'm actually going the wrong way here. Um, they clearly told us there's two boys that you swim through like a gate. So you don't have to go to the left one. So everyone hugs to start going to the right. And I've done this course before, but I just started going to the left, um, <laughs> which meant I was swimming quite off course. And I saw everyone else swimming like 20 meters to the right of me. Um, so I, when I hit the, when I finally realized and went up, kind of hit the boy with about three other people, I realized it was Hannah Wells right next to me. Um, 
which is a little bit of a surprise because I do swim faster than her. Um, she actually had a really good swim that day. And, um, yeah, then I was um, off with her and Teresa. Um, I was leading um, and I still came first out of the water. But, um, yeah, I had them right on my toes um, <laughs> after dropping them at Rotorua. And, yeah, had a bit of foggy goggles. So I was a little bit got out of the swim, quite happy to be done with the swim. And then, um, yeah, set off the bike. I had quite a fast – I've done – I did ITU, so I think sometimes my transitions are not when you go up against an ITU person. Um, when I realised when I raced one of the girls who does Olympic try in November, she she absolutely sped through transition, um, but I still got out faster than um, Teresa. Um, and so first time I saw her was about 10K on the bike, um, or maybe, yeah, a little bit less. Um, and she went through like a woman on a mission, and uh, I decided to, yeah, stay on kind of my power. Um, and when Hannah came through, there was a few pro guys. Um, and I thought, this is a good group to stay with um, to kind of, yeah, see if I could hang with them. But about 20Ks, it, um, I dropped off the back of there and, um, yeah, spent the next kind of 70Ks. The next pro girls had, yeah, were a bit of a gap. So it was just a, a solo ride after that. But, um, yeah, in a way I could just hold my own watts and, um, yeah, focus on my race from there. And I, yeah, I was chasing people who Teresa pulled out a 202 and uh, Hannah a 206, um, which I think would be, yeah, the fastest <laughs> that, um, that girls do around the world. So, um, yeah, when I look, I look back and I'm like, oh, I lost a lot of time to them, but um, I, you know, I still rode a 216, which I was happy with. And, um, yeah, and then I had, yeah, a pretty solid run um, to help, yeah. Um, hold third but you know it'd be kind of too far back to so that's why I could probably high five and enjoy it a bit at the end <laughs> and so like we know there's a lot of travel restrictions so you know there's not a an influx of people coming in from all over the world to be traveling to these races and to making you know the the pro fields kind of more diverse I guess with <laughs> different nationalities and stuff right it's just the kiwi field so, but yeah. that's still like a really strong field. Like you said, I mean, those splits to be throwing down would be competitive with any of the women who are coming to race, you know, if the, if the field was open for um, all to be able to travel and, and come race. So, you know, how do you feel about that? Do you enjoy racing athletes like Teresa and Hannah now just frequently? And that's kind of, you know, what you have been looking at for the past couple races. And I think for the foreseeable future here, it might be what you're looking at. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, great to have um, yeah competitors like that. Um, if it was just you know winning easily or something like that, but um, when you've kind of got such a high standard, I think it pushes you up a standard, um, and you kind of go, oh, well, I want to um, you know get as close to them as I can, um, and yeah, to have um, yeah two you know. As you say, they'd be world class. I mean, um, Teresa is a multiple Ironman winner, um, and I would say, you know, one of the best bikers um, at the moment. So you kind of see that standard, and you know, you can kind of practice in the race, kind of getting closer to that, or um, yeah, kind of staying longer. And um, yeah, it's it's motivating, and um, yeah, it's um, definitely good to have that that competition um you know it'd be great to have like more people over but um we've got some other younger girls that are you know this season is probably pushing them to 
to go up to pro um, from age group maybe earlier. Um, and it's better to have us, like have a few more girls. Um, and then, yeah, um, but you've got such a strong guys. So it's like this really good pool of, you know, um, between the male and female athletes here to race again. And it's kind of just like a rematch again. So we've got, yeah, <laughs> yeah another two kind of races. Um, and we're all, yeah, <laughs> it's like the same field again. So. For a country with like around what, like 5 million people, I feel like you have a incredible depth of endurance sports talent and it is summer in New Zealand right now. And it seems like you've actually been racing a lot and in true Kiwi style, you don't stick to one single type of race. Cause I've noticed photos of you in running races, trail runs, open water swims, and I think even an unsanctioned nighttime road <laughs> race. So do you always mix things up like this or this ha has it been a pandemic perk of staying close to home? Well, with the ocean swims, um, I like to do, yeah, the great practice. Um, and it's the beach is about five minutes from um, my house here. So I would say most, yeah, in the summer season, I would do quite a lot of those swims. Um, and then, yeah, I think when, when races started, we didn't get much winter racing. Um, so that would be the time I might do a few bike running races. But I feel like this year it's been a bit more condensed because a lot of those ones were postponed. Um, so then they kind of came in the late, kind of all the really early, kind of late autumn, early summer. Um, and, yeah, the night racing was something that's new. Um, and that was, yeah, just a bit of fun. <laughs> And Bex, you grew up swimming, but you've been a triathlete for quite a while now. Um, you raced, you referenced ITU. And so you raced as an ITU pro as early as 2012. But it seems like you've really found your stride in 2019 with several half Ironman podium finishes and a fifth place finish at Ironman New Zealand in your first attempt at that distance. So are you surprised now being in your 30s to be having some of your best results here to date? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I have been around a while <laughs> sometimes yeah when I look back oh I've started professional about nine years ago but it's been kind of a career of two halves in a way of like the ITU one um, but I think my strength was always going to be long distance um, so I've been about that for four years so I think it's just taken time to develop in that area but I feel like that was my going to be my strength during the longer stuff um and I think women they say I know I've always heard that women kind of you know start really peaking for the endurance in the early 30s so I feel like now I'm um for the next few years at least I'm in kind of my prime for that um and I think yeah it's just the kind of doesn't happen kind of build that endurance um takes a while um for the swimming I've had I don't know 20 years of um quite a lot of swimming um but not as much running and so I think I'm just yeah starting to um get more consistent um I had quite a lot of injuries when I first started running um but now I've kind of going into 2019 I think I haven't really been injured um severely like since then so it's just been that consistent health and consistency those are like the things we all want bex you recently posted on instagram about receiving negative comments and working to brush them off and so 
I think one of the native, one of these comments that you mentioned was about your body composition. And in another post, you made a disclaimer about your bike position near the end of the ride. And I have definitely received similar comments, um, especially the bike position one. I had one where I was, I was dismounting. And so I had my shoes out and, and people were like, you did the whole ride with no shoes. And I was like, no, that was taken at the end. But anyway, beside the point, but sometimes these, these kind of comments, they can sting. So especially when they come, you know, on a photo of like, I've had it on photos of myself that I, I really, really liked. And someone's telling me like something I did wrong. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So how, tell me, give me some, <laughs> some advice. How do you ignore the haters? Um, yeah, it's funny. Cause a lot of the time I, you know, do not like running photos of myself. Um, I was having a talk with a friend and we were just like about one out of 10 you like. So <laughs> you generally post the good ones. So then, yeah, you don't really want someone to, um, you know, um, post yeah, negatively about that. But, um, yeah, one of the ones I had, um, it was it was mean, but it was, I don't know, it was, it was something I could kind of laugh at. So I think you have to realise that's like one person opinion um, and you have, you know, the core people around you, um, you know, they're all the ones who would tell you the truth. And it's so just kind of just be like, they don't know me. And um, so I shouldn't take their comment to heart. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, just from, from experience, like I think I said in kind of what I was saying, you know, from a young age, I think as females where um, you get so many comments and I feel like almost frustratingly, a lot of people will comment kind of after like, like I, if you, if you lose a lot of weight, everyone's like, you look great. You look lean. You look fantastic. Um, and so you, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but it's, um, yeah. So you've, you've got that um, kind of, yeah, just trying to say that a lot of comments will be, you know, you got a lot of positive comments. And so you should just kind of take those on rather than, um, the, you know, the couple of negative ones. Um, yeah. And just have good people around you to, like, when I got a bad comment, um, I had, you know, my coach and, and family and friends and everything just, you know, they wanted to go and, like, beat this person up. So... <laughs> Um, for me and so <laughs> yeah just having a good support team around you um, and yeah just having to um, you know um, yeah take your value not from that but take your value from the from you know the people you trust. And Bex I, I think we think that some of those people you really trust come from Sports Lab New Zealand who we believe that you um, you work for part-time and, you know, we've looked at their Instagram page and it's clear that, you know, they probably are people you trust and they're very supportive and proud of your racing. So can you tell us a little bit about your other job? Yes, um, I actually worked when I when I stopped ITU and was I was kind of done with triathlon. I was I don't want to do um, I just want to be like, you know, have a normal life um, <laughs> and not do just just race and train and things because I was full time with ITU. Um, and then I went, anyway, the, the owner of sports lab, he was my physio and just worked in. I was like, I need to go into earn some money and, um, 
so I started, you know, working about 40 hours a week um, for them as like on their reception, um, doing admin. And I worked with them for a year in 2016. And now I, I had a, a couple of year break when I went to actually worked in a school um, as a sports administrator, uh, which was yeah really fun. But at the beginning of last year, I thought I want to go back to part-time work to allow more time for training. So I went back to sports lab. Um, and it's just a really fun group. Everyone's um, passionate about sport, um, whether, you know, that's in terms of um, doing it themselves or, you know, helping others um, rehab um, or coaching wise. Um, so, yeah, there's, and as, a, as a young, you know, everyone's from about 20 to about 40 there. And, um, yeah, it's just a really fun, fun team and um, to be part of. Um, yeah, they do. Um, yeah, got all the services like massage, um, podiatry, physio, um, and another, well, Jack Moody does some bike fitting out of there. So, um, yeah, it's it's really looks at, um, they work really well as a team. So if somebody, um, you know, seeing more than one um, clinician, then they kind of get the um, kind of whole whole picture and, um, yeah, able to get the best out of, out of that person where there's goals just to, you know, get to run a 5k because they've been injured for the last you know two years or um they want to run a marathon um yeah or anything between that and continuing with that theme and does it yeah it's pretty good pretty good when i yeah sorry when i have niggles it's pretty good to, <laughs> that you've got a physio just down down the hallway <laughs> no kidding it definitely sounds like a good team to be part of and you know and continuing with that whole theme it does seem like you do a lot of group training so do you have a good group of training partners in Auckland? Yes, I'm part of Foot Traffic uh, Coaching, which is run by Rob Dallymore, uh, who's my coach. And I think they must have about 100 or so members, whether they're getting um, coached or signing up to a subscription plan um, for, for an event like Ironman New Zealand. So depending what on level you have, um, but they do a couple of like a run squad um, per week, um, which I go to and yeah, some group sessions. Um, so we kind of have a core group of us who then may get together on weekends um, just so, you know, kind of similar ability, but um, yeah, every several weeks. Um, and we actually have this week, we're going to a camp in Taupo um, and we have about 35 people there. Um, and I'm also one of their coaches. So um, as well as Rob, there's three or four other coaches. And so I coach about five athletes as well, which I um, enjoy doing on the side of, yeah, um, my own racing and, and goals and helping them. So, yeah, no, it's, re it's really good to – I like having a balance of training by myself, but I'm also quite a – yeah, I like going in a, in a group and, and getting pushed by others and, you yeah, know, having fun. So I'm curious about training in a group. Is it, um, are you training with people who are like all different abilities and do you have, you know, advice for if you want to go for a run with someone who is faster than you or significantly slower than you a different pace? Like, how do you make that work? Can it be done? Yeah. For the run squad, we do have quite a range of abilities. Um, so it's good to have a, if you're going to run with people of different abilities, you might set two different warm-ups 
so there's you know a two group situation um and then you're meeting back at a central point um and doing certain run reps um and maybe making those slightly shorter um for some of the group or doing a time-based one so you'll kind of finish at the same time so there's um yeah i think run, yeah, running and swimming is a bit yeah easy control on the bike when more you know we are split into more similar abilities so there's no um you know waiting around and yeah so your pto biography lists the best career advice you've received as sometimes less is more so is there a story behind that advice or you know is that a coaching philosophy you take into coaching your own athletes yeah i, I can't remember exactly writing that but i must have um, <laughs> but i think I do, I mean, with Ironman, you do train a lot. Um, I feel I probably don't, yeah, looking at some of the athletes out there, train as much. Um, I'm lucky in swimming I can get away with probably training a little bit um, less there. Um, so then maybe my total hours um, aren't as much. But, yeah, certainly I find that going into a race, um, I feel like I like to do a little bit less. I like to feel just feel that really freshness um and I think it's easier to it's easier to kind of you can pull back if you go over then it's hard to pull back but if you've done a little bit less going in then um you'll just end up a bit fresher and Vex given your swim success it seems obvious that we'd ask you for some swim tips but I've actually been really impressed by your bike improvement over the past couple of years so can you share a favorite bike workout with us um I've done a lot of yeah swift workouts um, this year. Um, As have many people. Do you have a favorite course on there? Something in um, yeah, I like going around Watopia. That's always yeah, around through the volcano um, or through the like the um, London like the slightly hillier one like up Box Hill. That's quite fun <laughs> if you've got yeah. I never even, I rode on it for like a month or two before I realized that if you're just going and riding, you can actually pick different places. Like I was always going just to Watopia and riding there. And then like, I knew the races sometimes were other places, but I thought that was like an incentive to race. So you could go get off out of Watopia or whatever. So (laughs) a little bit of a learning curve there for myself. Yeah. I tried to try to like go on a different course each time. So I think I've done, I don't know, nearly like 90 courses out of the hundred and 20 but then they add more on so I feel like you never complete all the courses because they've just added some new ones on so I've been um doing those ones but yeah set is I quite like I mean I like doing those shorter like one set it's pretty hard but it's like five two minutes I think and then a you know a bit of a rest and then that again but kind of quite hard with those one of those ones where you you're just really counting the last 30 seconds down but um, it feels so good when you, when you hit, you know, you've done, you've nailed the set. <laughs> and your next race is the challenge Wanaka half distance triathlon coming up on February 20th. Wanaka is on the South Island of New Zealand. And it's one of my favorite places to race. It's on Haley's bucket list. And I think you were just there for a training camp as well. So are you excited to be going back, um, you know, and, and racing there and, Hopefully you are because I'm really sad that I can't be going. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do love Wanaka. Um, yeah, I can see why <laughs> you want to come back and, um, yeah, it should be on everyone's um, bucket list. Um, that was probably yeah, one of my favourite, not they did heaps of races last year, but um, I absolutely loved that race last year um, and yeah, enjoyed spending time again at the end of this year or last year um, down there training. Um, yeah, I think that was my favourite race there last year. Um, just love that bike course. Um, they have made some changes due to um, likely COVID um, and the impact of not having as many internationals there. Um, but it's still going to be stunning. It's um, yeah, more of a multi-lap bike course, but um, where you go, the Glendu Bay that you start in and cycling out towards the um, treble cone, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough course. Um, didn't get a chance to the runners in a mountain bike park, so I couldn't go run that, but um, I can kind of visualize it and seen some footage of it. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very tough. <laughs> yeah. so completely off road run. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I'll be on a single track mountain bike and then part of like a gravel road. Um, but the way he described it was like you go uphill and then kind of come down from that and then uphill and then downhill again. <laughs> I like it. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, Bex, yeah. after after Wanaka, it's on to Ironman New Zealand, March sixth. Okay, you just said the name of the city. Is it Taupo or is it Topa? Topo. Topo. Hey, we always. Yeah, you say like Topo. We always But I, I, I okay. sometimes will just just say Taupo. Um, yeah. Okay. Makes makes me feel a little better for the times we slip up. We're trying, we're trying to learn. But in to in Topa, um, and you did race there in your debut in 2019. You chose not to race in 2020, and that race, that 2020 Ironman New Zealand race, ended up being the last pre-pandemic Ironman event. So, does you know skipping that race last year give you extra motivation for 2021? Yes, definitely. I had quite a lot of um, FOMO. Um. <laughs> From I really enjoyed that race in 2019 and I had intended to do it in 2020. Um, but I was wanting, really wanting to do the 70.3 World Champs in Taupo. Um, Taupo. <laughs> that was one of my, I was just like, I really want to be on the, you know, it's four hours drive. I want to be on the start line for that. So unfortunately, I, yeah, I didn't get a qualification for that. Um, I tried, yeah, I've gotten close. I've been about one spot off from that um, rolling down to me um, <laughs> from, you know, the races having one pro spot. So I, I decided to do Geelong, which was a couple of weeks before, and that was backed up after Challenge Wanaka. And, um, yeah, that race was pretty gutting because I had a flat tyre um, and it cost me some minutes and ended up kind of one spot off again. <laughs> Um, I just remember, yeah, I was pretty upset about that race, but, um, yeah, it's a, hindsight's a great thing where, you know, worlds didn't happen. So, um, I kind of was a little bit like, oh, maybe I should have just tucked in one more race with Ironman. But, um, yeah, I made a decision to just focus on 70.3, um, and not do it, but it certainly, yeah, I was like knowing I would have to wait another whole year. I was, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to be able to line up there again now. And now that 
you know, you've you've said how much you wanted to qualify for the 70.3 World Champions. You were coming close and close and close <laughs> as it was going to be on home soil in New Zealand. You know, 2020 was a big thing. I know we had a lot of people who were headed there for that. But it's now been moved to December of 2022. So is that like still really on your radar and a big goal for you? Yes, definitely. If um, Yeah, hopefully the situation around the world is um, it's always changing. Um, you know, here I'm like, you know, there still are some COVID cases popping up every now and again. So it's like, fingers crossed, everything goes still ahead for the um, next few months. Um, but yeah, I really hope that yeah, the end of next year will be that, yeah, it can go ahead. And um, yeah, I definitely want to be on the start line. So, but I've, I've got, a, yeah, a, lot, a bit of time now, so I um, won't need to, I can qualify for that next year. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the opportunities will be for the rest of this year. So I'd say I'd target qualifying for that, um, yeah, or potentially at Taupo in December this year, actually. I know we're all like planning, trying to figure out which races have pro fields. We're all, we're all there. Um, and Bex, this is kind of a big question, but as we all, we do dream of traveling to places like New Zealand, hopes, hopefully in the not too distant future, aside from races, are there any must see or must do activities for even just a New Zealand vacation? Uh, anywhere in New Zealand? Uh, yes. What should we? What should I do when I come and I go do Wanaka? What do I do after that? Yeah, spend some time in um, Wanaka and um, go over to Queenstown. Yeah, depending if you what you kind of like. If you like some event like adrenaline activities, um, you know, there's um, bungee jumping and like jet boating. Um, if you want to relax after the race, um, I think do a bit more Meredith Kessler, you know, go to the wineries and. Um, yeah, there's just some beautiful, um, yeah, <laughs> sit down near the lake with a glass of wine. All sound nice. I could do any of those. Well, maybe actually I don't think I could do the bungee jumping. That's not me. I'll let, I'll let someone else do that. But the winery I could do. Or hiking. Hiking, hiking yeah. I could if do. Had, if your legs had recovered, yeah, there's some beautiful, yeah, beautiful hikes down there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and is there anywhere that you're looking to, you know, we're talking about how nice it would be to be there, but are you kind of on the inside there thinking about, a dream of traveling to where you want to go when it is post pandemic and we can travel the world freely again, what would be the top of your list for that? Yeah, a few places. Um, yeah, I'd love to tick off a few different overseas races. Um, yeah, I'd kind of love to do challenge Roth, um, at some point and, um, you know, this, I'd love to obviously do the 70.3 worlds, but I also love to go to Kona. So, um, yeah, <laughs> love to be able to travel to, um, I win Kona watched in 2018. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely got looking at that. I was like, I want to come race here one day. So, um, yeah, those races and, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've got family like in Europe and England and, um, yeah, love to go and visit them and, um, yeah, if we can. <laughs> I like the wanderlust dreaming. It's what's keeping me going these days. But Bex, thank you so much for coming on this show. Best of luck to you in Wanaka and at Ironman New Zealand. We will be cheering. We will be tracking. We will be jealous. And um, so make sure you get, uh, throw out a couple extra high fives for us. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 
We know many of you are working with limited pool time and schedules these days. Thanks, COVID. Is it over yet, Haley? No, I think we still have a ways to go, but we do recommend our listeners check out Form Swim Goggles. These goggles have a smart display so you can see the metrics you need in the moment. They even can show distance in open water swimming now. It's a great way to enhance your swim and maximize that limited time. Head to formswim.com to get your hands on these innovative goggles and make the most of the swim time you have. Haley, I've been doing some research on winter adventures and hiking, and guess what one of the most important gear pieces is for winter hiking? Hmm, a really warm coat, snowshoes, an ice axe? Okay, well, maybe those, but also sunscreen. It's not just a summer product, and that is why my Zelios Sun Barrier is still at the top of my pack. Thanks for the tip, Alyssa. If any of our listeners want to top off their hiking packs with Zilio's Sun Barrier or their gym bags with Zilio's Race Relief Recovery Gel, Swim and Sport Shower Products, or Betwixt Anti-Chafe Chammy Cream, use code IRONWOMEN for 20% off at teamzilios.com. Haley, I did see that the days leading up to Wanaka were pretty crazy, I guess, for Bex as she was trying to figure out if the... Uh, like COVID protocols in New Zealand were going to allow her to get to travel to race because I guess, you know, they, it seems like they kind of were ready to escalate to kind of further lockdown measures and things like that because a few cases of COVID have been found and, um, you know, New Zealand does a great job of handling it and they're very quick to react and lock everything down. But I think Bex, I saw, you know, had the there's like a professional athlete clause it's actually probably similar to what I used to be able to travel to New York to do the Adirondacks run that I did where you know they acknowledge that if it's for the work of a professional athlete and that sort of thing then the traveling is allowed with other various protocols followed and things like that so um but I'm sure that was super stressful for Bex um to to deal with in those days leading up to a race like yeah I can't that's a lot to (laughs) to try and figure out but we are very glad that she was able to go and race and that podium ended up as Hannah Wells winning. Um, Bex was second and Maeve Kennedy was third. Yeah. Great, great racing. And it is wild times out there, Alyssa, for, for everyone, even New Zealand, like no races are guaranteed. And um, so we, we take those you know, take advantage of those opportunities when they, when they pop up, congratulations to that podium. And Alyssa, I'm so glad you're back. I'm glad you made it safely back. And I will be, you know, thinking about you thinking about Mary in all of my sessions this week, as, as I'm sure many of our, our listeners and, um, your, you know, the skate coaching community and team SFQ and the whole triathlon community will as well. So, um, but I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to have you back. And again, if, uh, if anyone is interested in the women's performance summit, that women's performance summit.com is where you can find all that information coming up at the end of March. And I think that's all I have this week. Um, Alyssa, it's been great catching up and I will talk to you next week. Bye Haley. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Lindsay Glassford. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Prevenix, Zelio Skincare, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear. 
You can find all websites and discount codes in our show notes at ironwomenpodcast.com.